Hey, welcome to the Default Alive podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Chris. And this is our audio documentary of our journeys building profitable internet businesses. And so if this is your first time listening, you can learn more about us and get up to speed by starting at episode number one. But if you're a regular, welcome back. All right. Happy March. Happy March. We survived February. Yeah, we did it. Man, I can't even believe it's March already. <laughs> I knew I knew it was coming. I knew February was going to be a little bit of a shorter month and it was going to feel weird. But uh, man, I was just thinking about March. Well, I wasn't just thinking about March, but I was thinking about March in like October, November, how it was just going to like be here before I knew it. And um, I've been thinking about it, you know, because that, that was the next time that the uh, the courses were going to open enrollment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, by then I'm going to have this done and that done and this done. And <laughs> of course, the super optimistic timeline. And of course, you know, a lot of the things didn't happen. And it's much different. But we're here. Yeah, that's that's never the case where you have that, that far off date and you think, I'm going to have everything, you know, all straightened out and, and ready to go by then. And uh it never seems to work that way. It's never ahead of schedule. It's always behind <laughs> schedule, which is so frustrating, but it's the, the reality, but uh, yeah. Yeah. How are things going? Uh, real good, actually real good. It was, uh, you know, I've, I've started working on my, uh, investor update for February and I'm thinking of all these, these names that I want to give February, uh, Firefight in February, frantic February. I mean, I'm coming up with a bunch of them. <laughs> it it was it was a rough month for for myself for JetBoost, uh, but we made it through, and I'm I'm feeling real good now. I'm I'm glad it's March. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, coming back from paternity leave and then having all these things you wanted to ship, and I can yeah, it's uh, probably I can I can see how you'd be glad to put that month behind you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, I think today was really the first day where I felt like, okay, I'm back 100%. Uh, you know, it was, it was a very productive oh. day. Um, and just like, yeah, feel, feeling good again. So, uh, you know, we, we talk about it on here all the time, managing your own psychology. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you just got to gotta push through and, and keep going to get to the other side. I feel like that's where I'm yeah. at now. Cool. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, that was quick to, to feel sort of back already. I think is awesome. And, um, that's, that's good to hear. Cause it's probably, you know, it's not easy kind of getting back into the groove, especially with all the things catching up on. And like I said, even just psychologically, like accepting it and kind of coming back is, <laughs> is hard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and how about yourself? Cool. I mean, you're, you're coming back from a little bit of an extended trip. Yeah, I had a couple of days off um, Wednesday through Friday. Uh, Wednesday was my wife and I's third anniversary, so we celebrated and awesome. went to Palm Springs and um, took the dog with us. It was super laid back, you know, it was just like a, you know, wake up late, get coffee, take the dog for a walk, hang out by the pool, get dinner, watch TV or, or a movie, and then like repeat for a few days. And um, it was awesome. It was really cool. I think that the... The place, so the the hotel we stayed at was called Arrive. It's kind of like this newer, like millennial hotel. I think I've told you about it before. Dog friendly, but it's also like right on the main road on the north side, which is kind of like the nicer side. 
And so basically you can just like walk out from like the parking lot into like a residential neighborhood. That's like really, really nice with like all these big mansions and it's super, super quiet. So it was awesome just getting to like walk around there and take life a little bit slower and unplug for a bit. I didn't do very much work intentionally and tried to stay offline mostly and did a lot of reading. So it felt good. It was a, it was a bummer coming back Saturday <laughs> and we were also, we should have stayed another day. I don't know why we didn't, but, um, uh, yeah, it felt really good to, it felt like last Monday was like ages ago, which is like a good, a good feeling. Yeah. I'm curious. My wife and I are coming up on our first anniversary, uh, near the end of March. That's right. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Did you guys do anything special as far as like, did you have dinner planned or was there like a whole day of events? <laughs> let let no. me know what, where, where the bar is set at. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, why are we, we're kind of funny. We, um, I don't know if it's just like a us thing, but we take like birthdays really seriously and like most other things like super, super okay. casually. <laughs> so like anniversaries and holidays, like we're not like, we don't try very hard. Um, birthdays we do. So yeah, I mean, we just like, um, like had a nice ish dinner and like, that was it. I mean, Wednesday we That's spent cool. most of the day like packing and then like driving up and traveling. And, um, so it was more like, you know, anniversary trip. Uh, but even then we don't, you know, we don't go big. <laughs> That's fun though. Yeah. It was, it was a fun spot though. I mean, I think, um, well, I guess last year we were in Italy, actually we were in Venice but my wife was sick that day. And so we didn't actually celebrate very much. I think we got like, Oh, in fact we were in the, we were in Venice. Uh, the like carnival thing that was supposed to happen got canceled. Cause I was right when <laughs> coronavirus was coming up. And um, so it was like a ghost town there. And my wife was feeling really sick with like a stomach kind of bug kind of thing and ended up napping most of the day. And then we had dinner reservations and we both slept through it. And then ended up at like 11 o'clock at night, woke up and like frantically went to go find like some food because we were hungry. <laughs> and it was just like a little like, it wasn't like a gas station because it's Venice, but it was just like a little like 7-Eleven type place. Um, and we got the grossest piece that we've ever had and we just <laughs> ate it because we were hungry. And that was our anniversary last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh year before that, we were at Arrive, actually, at the same hotel. Okay. So, yeah, we, we don't... um uh, we don't take it too seriously. Yeah. That's a, that's a bummer about Venice, but it, at least you got a good story out of it. Yeah. Got a great story. <laughs> Venice was cool. It was okay. Um, and then the stomach bug kind of, you know, threw a wrench in things, but, uh, still it was, it was a cool experience. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So last week for me, it was, was pretty laid back. I only really worked Monday, Tuesday, I worked long hours then and got a lot done, but, um, wasn't a ton. So now I'm kind of like fresh eyes, March 1st, Monday. It's like a kind of like good, perfect storm combination of things, trying to be more optimistic about what I want to do for the month and kick things off. And so I'm really looking forward to, uh, I'm actually, I joined this little, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a, I guess it's like a membership community. It's called compound writing. And it's a really, really cool idea. I like, I wish I would have started it because, it's um it's basically a bunch of creators who like crowdsource editing and um like content feedback for each other. So if you're on like a regular schedule or want to get a regular schedule of publishing, um, but you can't afford like an editor or have like a team 
and you want professional help, then basically they have like editors, but then like everyone else in the community also like edits and gives you feedback on your content. And so join that community. It's um, actually, I, I missed the kickoff call cause it like happened, got scheduled last night and I like, didn't make it on my calendar before like the whole days of events happened. Um, but it's kind of like an ongoing thing uh, that I'm hoping will help me kickstart more content production for the newsletter and blog and even Twitter. And so I'm really stoked for that to just be able to wrap up, ramp up content and um, finally kind of kick things into gear for myself. Yeah, that's interesting. So is it you, you kind of meet regularly and trade or, or is it more on demand? Like if you're like, I need this reviewed by, you know, this date, cause that's when it's going out. Right. Yeah. It's all, it's all async. So basically it's like a, it's kind of like a no code kind of platform where you just like, Hey, here's like a new piece of content. And then like, you know, paste the Google doc, give like a due date. You can make like a specific ask for what you want feedback mm-hmm. on. And then up until that time or really anytime people can come in and give you feedback and edit. And it's like anyone in the community plus, you know, like their like staff on, uh, on the team. And, um, and then, so when I log in, I see like a feed of, new content that people are creating and want feedback on and vice versa. So when I submit, it goes in that same feed for other people to just kind of skim through. And, you know, so I'm in like the marketing kind of sphere, but there's all sorts of other types of content uh-huh. creators. And so people can pick and choose maybe what type of content they want to get feedback on or, um, or not. You can just leave it to everyone. That's cool. So it's, uh, there's like tags or topics or something. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah just like categories, tags, something like that. Interesting. So yeah, I, I can see how, I mean, it's also kind of fun that you can read other pieces, of, you know, in marketing mm-hmm. or whatever that are not yet out, but going out and I'm sure, right. you know, source ideas or, or it, just think more, uh, it'll expand your creativity as far as, yeah, just being exposed to all these different pieces that people are writing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of, um, it's, it's been another, um, piece of evidence for serendipity that Twitter creates, but I, I had tweeted that, uh, writing is so much easier when you have like an editor for someone like me who doesn't consider themselves like a really great writer or like a professional writer or like a classically trained writer. Mm-hmm. Cause I just feel like it, I'm, I'm just, well, I just want to get the best piece of content out there. I don't have any like ego about it at all. Um, but it's hard for me to like sit down and really edit my own work cause I don't really know what I'm looking for. And I'm just kind of like doing things ad hoc and it's hard to get out of, out of your own head too, since you are, you know, the creator of that content. And so I looked into hiring an editor or having some people do it kind of ad hoc. And then I had seen compound writing a few times and then someone make, made the, the intro and was like, Hey, you should, you should like join, you should talk to this guy and, uh, and, and see if it's a good fit for you. And so, um, I think that's exactly what I was looking for. Cause it's, a whole bunch of other people, like different people's perspective, not just one person as well. So I'm excited for it. We'll see how it goes. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah I hadn't heard of that be before. Yeah. I'll have to report back, but, um, I'm really, yeah. really excited about it. And, uh, it'll also be, I think a bit of accountability for me to start cranking out more content as well. And, um, I just get, get myself into gear and that way I have no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell myself any more excuses there. I've, I've run out now. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And today also the, the courses, so refactoring growth and mental models for marketing opened up for enrollment for the first time in 2021. Um, so continuing, I think we had chat about it a, few, a while back. I was like 
debating if I should keep this like every quarter kind of like open enrollment period. And I am still for now. Um, but uh, now they're all bundled on their swipe files also for the first time. Mm. Um, so, you know, you know, the URLs are under swipe files. Uh, technically, you know, the swipe files products. And um, so excited to have them open for the next week. And basically, uh, I mean, everything now until really until I have like a full year's worth of runway will just be like me funding myself for my future paycheck. <laughs> so I'm excited to see how the courses go. Cause that might buy me a couple months of runway. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, the last time you had it open, you were pretty present, uh, pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see again. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, first times like beginners let kind of idea. Second time <laughs> is like, I don't know something else third time i'm like i'd be shocked if i got the same results as i did the last few times we'll see i don't know i yeah. have no idea what to expect i always try to put my expectations way way you know low and down um but even even regardless i was looking at uh since i switched everything over to the business bank account um i switched the stripe payouts to once a month on the first of the month and i was actually like really really shocked with february's payout um it was like i don't know how like i didn't I like missed my goal for the first time in a while of uh, the monthly new members. So I think I only added 17 new members um, to Swipe Files in February. But uh, a, a few of those were all access members. And then everything else I'm doing, like the coaching and just like random other things are also now going straight to the business bank account. And so I was like, oh, sweet. This is actually like a decent chunk of change. So March could turn out to be kind of accelerate that timeline of uh self-funding nice yeah having in the uh the business bank account and having that separate from your personal finances is very nice oh it's that's so always nice. a big i'm step. like really really excited i'd like i'm really excited to like just like keep funding that because it's yeah it's it's kind of fun like it's um I'm like oh sweet this is like my future paycheck and <laughs> right it's nice being able to like pay the bills with consulting now and then like have this kind of later Cause it feels weird, like pulling just from, you know, like another checking account or like my savings account for my personal bank, mm -hmm. but having it come through the business feels like better. <laughs> it feels okay. Like I can, it's the same thing. Basically it's the same amount of money. It's just in a different place that feels like the right place it should be in. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was just first starting out, it was like, okay, I can, you know, I, maybe I'm bringing in 6,000 a month via consulting but I'm only going to pay myself personally like 3000 a month and, uh, you know, and sort of mm. bootstrap it from there. And, uh, yeah. as, as the rate went up and, you know, as I got more projects and I was able to pay myself a little bit more and basically I went through that same process with JetBoost. Uh, yeah. and I, I still try to pay myself pretty conservatively right now and keep as much in the business bank account as possible just for, like you said, expenses and hiring and all of that. But yeah, it's, it's very nice having those separate. Yeah. And it feels a little bit more like, um, uh, you know, it being in the personal account felt like, oh, this is just like this thing that I'm going to like run out of and I'm just mm -hmm. going like, to deplete this and it's going to go by way quicker. But when it's in the business bank account, it feels like asset allocation. <laughs> and I feel like, <laughs> oh, I can be like strategic about this and like, I'm going to use this money for that and this money for this. And like, I can't wait to make this bigger. And, um, it's just like a whole different, uh, mentality. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why that is, but that's that's 100% it. 
Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. We'll see how this week goes. I can report back next Monday after everything's closed and crunch the numbers, but I'm optimistic and uh, yeah, we'll see. Cool. Uh, I've got to ask, why did you decide to do monthly Stripe payouts? Um, I think one, because I didn't actually know, like I, I think I had the Stripe payouts to daily, which yeah, just felt that's like- the default, I, I think. Yeah, which is like kind of weird. So I was like, yeah. I don't actually know how much I'm like making. This just makes it easier for me to just see like, oh, here's how much I made this month. Um, two, I think it's going to be easier like accounting wise. Um, now that I've, again, everything's in the business bank account, I kind of like care about that stuff. And uh, going through the accounting process right now, trying to prepare everything. And then um, there was something. Uh, yeah, I think it was mostly just like, convenience for myself just being able to see how much money it is and like kind of gamifying it a little bit like oh if i get these last sales or like i'll squeeze these in for the you know last of the month and you know it's uh, i can track it a little bit better yeah yeah that makes it easy to compare month to month for sure yeah but i mean i I think otherwise it's just semantics it's not (laughs) a real tangible difference there's no strategy there (laughs) just preference yeah no i i have mindset to uh, weekly. So it's every Friday. Uh, I don't remember why I chose that except that it was originally daily, like you said. And then I read, uh, I read an article once, I think I saw it on Hacker News about, uh, some business that got hit with, uh, it was a SaaS business. They got hit with a number of like fraudulent credit card charges, uh, like thousands of them, uh, through, oh, wow. some, through some like automated attack. And, because they had the Stripe payouts daily, like it, the, the money went into their business bank account, but then Stripe had to like pull it back out of their business bank account for all these chargebacks. And, uh, there was like a number of issues that they ran into, uh, with that. And, um, basically the, the guy ended up, the owner ended up having to go into his Stripe account and one by one refund thousand of charges, thousand of these charges. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. And like his I big, that, it, you read that? No, I, I was going to say, I think that's why I ended up doing that because I, I realized that um, any refunds or chargebacks, even though they're super minimal, um, they wouldn't like come back out of my account. Right. Like it would just come out of the payout instead. So it was just a lot easier to like not have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's, that's exactly it. And the big takeaway from the article was like, don't have your Stripe account set to daily payouts. <laughs> Just, <laughs> so I, no I instantly went into Stripe and, and changed mine. Because, uh, yeah, that, that's such a weird default, but that's what that's what they do. I suppose it, you know, when you're first getting started out, feel, they probably do that because it feels really good to make a sale and then immediately have that right. money in your bank account. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, and I get the little, like, Stripe. I don't even know what it is, but it's just like a Stripe notification of, like, oh, here's how much money you made. And like, here's like the new customers, like those two things. Mm-hmm. So like, I see that anyways. It doesn't really help. It's just like a, a dopamine hit. Right. But, um, you know, I don't need like the the daily payouts. I'm not looking at that for, um, you know, it doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's fascinating. All these things you learn. Now that I'm like <laughs> going through it and actually like setting up this like real business and like making real money, quote unquote, it's like a little bit easier and simpler than I thought. Um, but it like feels way better just like knowing it and like actually doing it now. Uh, 
like once I have this year's runway, I feel like I'm going to be, I know it'll like kind of quickly fade, but I'm like feel invincible. (laughs) Yes, I can do it. Even though maybe probably still be like default dead technically by then, like I'll be able to like ramp things up and I'll at least have that like peace of mind knowing that I can pay myself. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you? What's, uh, what's on the horizon? What's new? Uh, let's see. So yeah, I think one of the, the big, well, two of the big weights that I have off my shoulders, which is, which is why I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, number one. So last, uh, basically not yesterday, but the, the previous weekend I was doing all these changes, uh, as far as trying to beef up the servers and figure out what was going on with some of the, the slowdowns and, uh, trouble there. And, so I made a bunch of changes. It's been a week now and I haven't gotten any of the like warning alerts of, you know, <laughs> better, you better go take a look at things. Things are getting a little slower than they should be. Um, right. So I haven't gotten any of those for the first time in a while, which I'm feeling very good about. Um, I feel yeah, pretty confident in that now. So that was good. And then, uh, I am, I would say 95% caught up on, uh, the the support queue that I had kind of outstanding oh. yeah so uh those two things were great and I've actually finally started building out the the uh help doc site for JetBoost um mm. through Help Scout so I resisted awesome. this for a long time because I've always felt like you should just make the product better rather than like create a bunch of help docs that no one's going to read uh yeah, yeah. but over time, I've realized there are just certain things that either need more explanation or uh, even putting it directly in the product. Like people miss it. People don't read. Uh, I'm, right. I'm the same way. Like if I sign up for a new product, I just want to click through and, and use it as fast as possible. I'm not trying to read like every little snippet of text that that is in the UI. So, um, yeah. and I, I, I really like how Help Scout has their their widget, which you can default to. Uh, you know, someone can search through the, the theory is someone will search through the docs before they, uh, message support. And, uh, so now that I'm starting to build out those docs, I, I was basically just, that's what I've been doing all day is just hammering away on that. And I'm pretty excited cause I, it feels like, I mean, at the end of the day, if somebody can find their, the answer that they're looking for right away without having to message support, like that's a better experience for them as well. Right. Um, right. Wait, so did, did you have help docs before this? Um, sort of, I, there's like an FAQ page inside of the JetBoost app. Uh, and it, it, it has not been well maintained. Uh, and it, it was all like custom built. So, you know, it's, oh. it's another thing where, uh, I would probably never do that again. It's I'm all about, you know, outsourcing, using these no code tools, um, to anything that's not part of your core business, like just purchase another tool to, to do that for you. Um, right. So, so you didn't have basically, didn't have like a knowledge base or like a help doc center, but there's like, there's like maybe eight or nine, uh, little FAQs, but, yeah, no knowledge base whatsoever. Uh, wow. So, I, and granted, like the 
the purpose and design of JetBoost is to walk you through the installation yourself. So uh, right. in theory, like it is uh, somewhat self-documenting, like there's little video snippets within the setup process and all of that. Uh, but yeah, once someone gets stuck, the only option has been to reach out basically. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I don't know how I didn't know that before. Now I feel like I have a whole new insight into some of our previous conversations <laughs> <laughs> about support and about yeah. help docs and, um, oh wow. That's fascinating. I guess that makes sense. I feel like maybe I'm thinking now I'm like, yeah, I think I, I realized that before I just didn't really click. Like I, I had even maybe searched for like a help doc center or you mm-hmm. know, knowledge base or something. And then I was like, Oh, I don't, it's not linked here or like it doesn't exist. And I don't know, it just didn't click until now. Um, one, that's like a really great achievement. I feel like <laughs> they've made it this far <laughs> without one. It's just like a testament to the product and just how well things have gone. But uh, two, yeah, that's really, really exciting. I'm, I'm fascinated to hear how that'll affect support going forward. If that'll help or, or not make a difference or, you know, like basically what, what it'll mean for you going forward. Yeah. The, the switch to help scout has been amazing. I really like the product. Um, there, there's a few minor complaints I have, but for the most part, uh, you know, one of the other things that it's a pretty big improvement, um, on from what I was using before is the reporting side. So I started looking at January and February and just the sheer volume of tickets that were coming in. I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) I had no idea. I was solving this many tickets per month, uh, by hand, like, uh, over a hundred tickets per month. Um, and you know, for the size of the, the customer base, like it, it felt very high. Um, and so with, with Help Scout, I started, okay, I'm going to, you can like save replies. So I started saving replies. I realized right. like, why am I saving replies if I'm just, so I'm sending these same replies to people. Like there's this whole knowledge based product <laughs> built in the Help Scout. Like I should just do that. Uh, so it's, it's been a bit of an evolution for me. It's taken me a long time to get here, but, uh, I'm feeling quite good <laughs> about that direction now. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's great. I think, um, yeah, it makes me think that there's like a, a preferred or like an ideal order of operations of, you know, ideally someone would, you know, the product would just eliminate any need for that sort of external help. Maybe second best is like, it's built into the product. Like it is with JetBoost. Third best is they go find it and figure it out by themselves. And then like fourth best is, you know, they come to you and email or chat in and sort of get one-on-one help from, from someone, from a person, uh, so having that extra step there, that extra layer in between the product and you, I, I would feel like maybe, you know, it, it should be a net positive. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have that exact process you just described written out on my whiteboard. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. Cause I started <laughs> yeah, thinking through that thing. Work. Like this is, those are the exact layers that it should go through. Uh, and, and yeah. I've been missing a lot of those layers. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that affect how you think about hiring for someone for support? Like, do you want to like wait it out and see if it like, if it differs or if it goes down or is it still pretty much like this is a part of uh, a necessary step to you eventually hiring someone to do support and it's probably not going to change that need. Yeah. I haven't decided yet. 
in in some senses i do want to maybe wait it out another month or so just to uh, now that i am tracking uh, some of these numbers just to see how that affects it but at the same time uh, there's a number of questions that come in that I'm, I'm thinking through that I don't have help docs for yet because those are the, you know, those are the ones where I have to go look at someone's Webflow project and see what happened and, and mm, see why yeah. it's not working. Um, and those are, I don't think those will ever go away. And I think if I can find the right person, um, that, that will be a very good hire for JetBoost. Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious about that. Well, cool. So you just been cranking away at that all day, <laughs> just writing up these support docs finally. Yeah. So I started over the weekend. Um, you know, one interesting thing was, uh, was customizing the, the, uh, knowledge base site that help scout gives you. And the only way to customize it is through like, you can use some custom CSS, uh, and basically some other company other than help scout, like did this massive customization to their knowledge base site. And then like shared that with the help scout community of like, here's all the CSS selectors you need to use. And, um, so I, I was doing that. And I was just like, man, this feels like now I feel like this is like 10 years ago where I'm, I'm in some other company's product, like customizing their CSS, like, right. Why? why can't I just connect Webflow to help scout and like visually build out my knowledge base, how I want it to look, how I want it to match the rest of my site and mm -hmm. help scout could just, you know, do, do its part of containing the data. And, um, now I, I know this isn't currently possible with Webflow, but yeah, it's just like, it was, it was frustrating having used, uh, you know, a tool as great as, as Webflow for building a website and then, now I'm back and, you know, mucking around with pasting in CSS, refreshing the page. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Going back to that archaic world, yeah. and archaic system. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. We, we've talked about it before, but I feel like a lot of the, it's not a knock on help scout, but like so many knowledge base help doc kind of tools are just like, so uh, not, I mean, I wouldn't even call it outdated. They're just like, it's not like a ton of innovation <laughs> or I don't know. Yeah. It's just like, it feels like, Oh, this could be better for sure. Like there's, especially on the, the design side of things like the forward facing help doc. Like this is like the white label thing that you give customers. is just like so basic. I don't know. Yeah. One, uh, sort of related to this, uh, less annoying CRM who their, their CEO, Tyler, uh, he, I'm totally blanking on the name of their podcast, uh, startups to last that they've got their podcast as well. And he's been talking a lot about how they've been moving the less annoying CRM site, uh, over to Webflow, which this is a company that's, that's right. had their own website for, uh, I think like over 10 years now. And they just completed that a, a week or two ago. And I went and checked it out. And one interesting thing was they actually built their help center into uh, the Webflow site. So saw that. yeah, they did this all kind of custom. Um, 
they've, they've got a lot of custom JavaScript for, uh, they use some search service, uh, which I guess I, I shouldn't be, <laughs> shouldn't be, uh, you know, giving too much away about that, but, uh, no, it's a, it's a really good search service and, uh, yeah, they, they built their help center directly into Webflow, which I thought was super cool and something I hadn't seen before. Yeah, it's interesting. It's just like slash help, right? Am I looking at the right page? Yeah, yeah. And it's just a bunch of knowledge yeah, base articles. Huh. So which is which is basically using uh Webflow collections and those are the collection template pages. Right. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. It feels like yeah, and and it's on the it's on a subfolder, not a sub domain. Mm-hmm. Um which maybe has some benefits with SEO, but probably not like a ton. Um, but it's, I don't know, could be smoother in some senses. Yeah. Huh. Fascinating. Maybe, maybe eventually a move to Webflow. <laughs> Potentially. Maybe the, the thing is like, I do really like the, the help scout widget and how it, it will let you pull up yeah. the articles right inside of it. Uh, yeah, so I know. having that tight integration, I think is, is really nice. Yeah. If, if the like chat widgets or support widgets, whatever you want to call them, if it was in their best interest, like open that up to others to allow them to, you know, create a replacement or something mm-hmm. that'd be an interesting product opportunity. But yeah. I don't think that that's in their best interest at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very counter to their interest. Uh, I could be wrong there, but it doesn't seem likely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. And I've got uh, one other update from last week. Yeah. Which is I can officially say that uh, Nelson, who has the, he runs the Pixel Geek community. He's got his Pixel Geek YouTube channel and uh, also works at Webflow. He is going to be building, uh, or not building, but creating videos for Jetboost. Yeah. Uh, how to videos, walkthroughs. Super excited about that. That's amazing. Yeah. I feel like that's so cool because not only do you get like the production value of what he's going to create, but also you get him to create yeah. it and like his audience and his community and his like brand, essentially his stamp of approval, um, which is awesome. So that that's amazing. Uh, you started the conversation, right? Or did he? Yeah. Yeah. I, I reached out to him. Yeah. And the thought was basically, what did you think that he would be open to it? Or was it kind of like a shot in the dark just to see if he would be interested? Yeah, it was kind of a shot in the dark. Uh, I wasn't sure if he'd be open to it, but he was, he was immediately said yes. Uh, and so then we just worked out the details, but yeah, for the way I've been thinking about it is, uh, I mean, number one, it just, it feels awesome to hire someone who is just better at something than you are <laughs> like, right he's going to take that project and run with it. I mean, it's a lot about how, um, uh, Derek talks about you handling the marketing for savvy Cal. Like you just are able to own it and, uh, you're an expert and you could just run with it. And so, you know, not only does he have, like you said, uh, great video editing skills, production value, uh, obviously is, extremely well known in the webflow community knows webflow very well he's used jetboost a bunch before um 
but he also like specializes in creating tutorial videos and how tos and uh, right. it, it just yeah. it couldn't have been a more perfect fit for what I was looking for. So I'm I'm so excited for that. Fantastic fit. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's, it's, cool. I'm just trying to provide number one, better documentation for people. Uh, some people prefer text, some people prefer videos. So, uh, and with a visual tool like Webflow, uh, a lot of times it does help to have a video that you can follow. So that'll be great. And I think it will also, uh, have a dual purpose for marketing as well. Uh, yeah. so, Oh, totally. Yeah. It's uh it's a win-win there for sure. Definitely, definitely win-win. That's cool. Well, I also have something I can officially announce finally. All right. Um, which is about hair marketers. So I talked with uh my business partner um to ask if we could officially talk about it. And he's still kind of like waiting to align a couple ducks on, on his end, but I figured, you know, I can announce it here on podcasts and on Twitter. But uh, a lot of people have been asking me, it's, it's like kind of like, I don't know, one a week or every two weeks, I get someone like, hey, brother, whatever, whatever happened with Hey Marketers? Because <laughs> maybe it was back in, when was it? Like October or November or somewhere around there. And um, I, I had gotten an offer to sell Hey Marketers, someone just kind of out of the blue. And then I posted on Twitter that, uh, you know, like what's a fair kind of valuation that had like so many people, I mean, over a hundred, you know, DM and email and sort of like express some sort of interest in it, had a whole bunch of conversations with people. And then, um, it wasn't until like a few days later, uh, I got a DM from this guy named Rich Thornett and I immediately recognized his name because, um, Rich was sort of the part of the tiny capital family since he co-founded dribble and sold to tiny a few years back. And, um, so dribble had a very successful job board and, um, I sort of knew his story a bit and he reached out basically saying like, Hey, um, this is like super weird, but like I had, I had just like started scooping out haymarketers and was like going to make an offer. And then like you said that you wanted to sell. And so like, you know, just wanted to like see if you were curious and, and uh, interested in continuing the conversation. So over the next couple of weeks, uh, we kept chatting about it. Um, he was sort of the front runner for me. Um, just like by default, I think just from like the get go, just cause I knew that, uh, I, there was a lot of really good people interested, but not a lot of people had done um, what I wanted him marketers to to get to. Or basically, they hadn't. You know, Rich had literally been there and done that with a job board, and uh, mm-hmm. I had already come to the place. I had a whole bunch of you know people to like, oh, don't sell it, and you know you're gonna regret it later, or like, can't you just do this yourself? And like the reality is that I probably could have, but I just one didn't want to. And I really didn't, I didn't have any experience doing it either. And so it wasn't like a sure thing. Um, and so uh, I sold the majority stake. So I still own 18% of it technically. And we worked out a really, really good deal. Super thankful to have him on board. And basically he has full kind of operational control. Um, I sort of just like advise, I guess, technically. Although even that sounds too fancy for what it is. <laughs> and uh, so he's like completely revamping the technical side of things. It's no longer a no code project. <laughs> now it's a fully code project um, using some of his own things. And he's, I won't spoil the beans for him, but he's building a really cool kind of family of job boards that I'm really excited about. And uh, things are going well for it already. Um, he's done an amazing job. And so we wanted to kind of like wait on a little bit until he actually like moved things over to his tech and kind of revamped it a little bit, but um, 
lots of exciting things happening and I'm really excited to have it in his hands mostly. That's awesome. I, I feel like when we first started this podcast, uh, you had alluded to that sale a little bit. Yeah. I, yeah, I was probably way back in the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah, like early October, but yeah, I forget when the actual like timeline was, but that, that makes sense around when, when it actually kind of happened. And, uh, yeah, so there it is. Awesome. That's the, um, really, really excited about it. And, um, glad to finally talk about it too. I've been kind of integrating it more into swipe files and like sending people to it as well. Um, we're going to, we're thinking up some mostly SEO related stuff for it as well, but, uh, I think it has a bright future. There's, I've had more thoughts for other job boards too. And I'm like, I need to stop myself. Otherwise I'm going to <laughs> sell these to Rich or we can start them together <laughs> or something, but I need to focus and just nail these down, this one down first. Yeah. Job boards are, I think if I was starting a business from scratch today, like I would seriously look at doing a job board because it's, it's yeah. such a great business. It really is. I think that, the hard part and probably what I would have done differently if I was starting over was, uh, since it is a marketplace model, you really have to think about like the mechanics of it. And like, mm. it's a little bit similar to like a content business and probably, I mean, I've come to the same realization about, uh, swipe files is I wouldn't have tried to monetize it so early mm. and I probably would have tried to like scale automate a lot more. I think I like did too much too manually. Um, like what we're doing now is basically just like building up the traffic and the SEO and the links and um, building like brand awareness. Cause once there is a sizable email list, especially, and you're getting a decent amount of traffic, then you can like charge whatever you want. Basically it's <laughs> yeah. like not super trivial. <laughs> and like, it doesn't matter if there's other marketing job boards out there or other, like people will just, you know, they'll post, they have a budget and that's just how it works. But it's just getting to that place first. Uh, and if you, monetize too early and if you try to do everything too manually then it kind of stifles that growth and um i think that's kind of what i did with it but i'm glad it's in his hands now because again that's it's working or at least it's, it looks like it's working so far awesome is it a new site live then the the custom coded one yeah oh mm -hmm. no way i haven't i haven't been to it in a while yeah it's great um unfortunately i don't think no longer uses jetboost since it's not a <laughs> webflow project anymore it's not webflow um, but it's a very similar, uh, still a very similar kind of mechanism oh, cool. with search and with there's kind of the, like these suggested kind of, um, categories. That was one of the things we were thinking through. It was like marketing has so many different titles and like versions of the same thing, mm. um, that it didn't feel right to like filter by job title or even by industry or even by like role. Cause it's like, Oh, it could be content. It could be email. It could be growth. And like, then there's like uh, all the different types of versions of each one of those and combinations. Um, and so this basically just kind of gives you keywords to, uh, to filter by. And, um, yeah, he's done a, a fantastic job. That's cool. Yeah. I love how it's, it's clearly its own site, but he took a lot of the elements, uh, and branding from your original version. Yeah. And, and incorporated yeah. It still has the same kind of feel yeah. with the yellow, yeah, the, the black and yellow. I like it. Yeah, the yellow is my favorite part. But yeah, so now we can finally talk about that. And I want to point people to this when they want questions or when they have questions and I can give them answers. Awesome. Yeah, we'll see. But the I mean, long-term vision, at least the way I thought about it, especially kind of retaining the, the minority stake is 
you know, eventually if it works, which I think that it, it will in the next couple of years, it might take a while, but job boards are very profitable things inherently. And, um, if it starts doing, you know, six figures a year in profit, cause there really isn't a lot of other expenses that would be necessary besides like people, but there aren't a lot of requirements there either. That'd be a nice little, nice little business, a nice little, uh, dividend potentially one day. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I think especially with, uh, like you said, Rich's experience, uh, I think keeping a minority stake rather than selling it outright at the, the, basically the level that it was at the time makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I basically get to hand it off to someone while still maintaining a decent amount of the upside and, um, and he doesn't have any plans to like sell later. So it's mostly again about like dividends and mm-hmm. potential just, you know, building up a good amount of profitability later. So it was a perfect match for me. Cause I was like, great. This is only good news <laughs> for me. Like <laughs> I told him like, dude, you're, I'm getting the good end of this deal. I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> but I'll take it. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, anything else top of mind or, um, uh, new in your world? Yeah. I've got one last thing. Uh, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this to you, Uh-oh. but <laughs> so I, it, it wasn't until last week I finally had a chance to uh, start diving into everything is marketing. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I've got to say for, for anyone who listens to this podcast, uh, everything is marketing is, is on a whole nother level. Uh, the, uh, so I, I listened to the uh, episode with Heaton Shaw because I'm a huge Heaton fan, uh, as many people are. And, mm-hmm. you know, the the first thing that jumped out to me was just like the clearly the the commitment you put into preparing for the interview, uh, all the all the research that you did into Heaton, his career, what he's worked on, uh, where his, uh, you know, his businesses are at today. Um I think you would asked him a question about why he always does very simple landing pages with like a headline, an image, and maybe a sub headline. And, and you could tell like he was shocked by that. Like, like that you, <laughs> uh, like he probably never gets asked that question and you could almost like hear him like smiling over the microphone, like to, to answer that. Um, so I just yeah. thought that that was really cool. Thanks man. Yeah. I've, I've been, um, pleasantly surprised with my own ability to, uh, to surprise people with a question or two. I think of early on my hit rate was like a hundred percent where like someone would be like, Oh, I've never been asked that question. It's a really <laughs> good question. Um, I don't think it's quite as high. It's probably like 60% now or something like that. But, um, yeah, I'm glad to hear that because to be honest, I kind of struggle with the premise a little bit because after talking with Jay Kunzo and like really studying kind of the thing about other podcasts in the marketing space, I was like, dang it. Am I making like another generic like marketing podcast? Cause there's a lot of those already out there. And like, what do I really have to add to the table? Mm. And so I think that there's like some small things, which is like, uh, the, the premise is pretty good. Like the premise is about, um, combining ideas and learning from people from all sorts of different backgrounds and different, you know, it's not like a B2B SaaS marketing podcast. It's also not like an email marketing podcast, but there's, you know, people from all sorts of walks and that's kind of like the whole idea behind swipe files is you learn from other industries and kind of find inspiration in unexpected places. Um, 
But even then I knew that a lot of it was probably going to come down to my ability to, to interview and to like extract insights and highlight people and just do a better job of being a host. And so that's, that's really like the thing that I control the most. Um, and so I have to make sure I do a good job of that. So I hope that it's working, but it's good to hear the, the feedback. Yeah. It's, I, I definitely think it's working. I was very impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, I mean, even this gets into strategy a little bit, but like, since there's so many podcasts out there, as soon as there's some sort of like overlap, then people start to compare, well, why would I listen to this podcast over that podcast? And, mm. um, you saw this a lot with like entrepreneur interview podcasts, where it's like everyone and their mom was doing one. And then, uh, people only start to listen to the better one. And then the other one like dies out, you know, and, like it, it's a little bit brutal, but like people only have so much time in their day and it comes down to, um, those little differences, like who the host is and, how good of a job they do and how consistently valuable the episodes are. And so, um, you, you have to fight on those kind of nitty gritty grounds sometimes. So we'll see, hopefully it works <laughs> Yeah, to, uh, let it play out a bit. No, totally. And sorry, you cut out a little bit at the end there, but that's, that's why I love the, the, the format of this podcast, the sort of like, just share your story. Um, you know, there's so many of these out there and I listen to a ton of them, but there are, uh, there's some that click for me and some that don't, and everyone can pick and choose kind of who, right, who they want to listen right. along to. And, uh, it, it doesn't feel nearly as much like a competition for listeners, uh, as right. you know, doing a, a marketing podcast would. Totally. Yeah. This podcast has like the opposite problem where it's like all about us and our brand. And (laughs) there really, I mean like the format, there's, I guess there's like sort of competition, like there's other, um, bootstrap kind of podcasts, but I feel like that even like helps because it's like a more kind of known thing, Mm -hmm. but really it just comes down to us. And so as we (laughs) sound strange, but like as, as we gain popularity, then the podcast gains popularity. Um, whereas something like everything is marketing, where it's less about me and it's more about the guests and more about the format and the premise. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it comes down, you know, less about me and it's more about the actual quality of the show, um, which is both good and bad for both cases. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. so, but I appreciate it though. Uh, <laughs> very good to hear. I've gotten a few kind notes from, from people and I appreciate all of them. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, Um, shall we wrap? I think that's it. All right, cool. Well, we'll have as many of the, uh, links and mentions in the show notes and, um, we'll see you in the next one.